We're, we're talking about what kind of tree are you? You know, what kind of tree? And I went in the Bible and found, my goodness, tree is mentioned all over the Bible. The tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, trees that were used for shade trees, trees that the, the uh, people in, in uh, the children of Israel laid down the palm trees for the, the coming in when Jesus was coming in. Trees all over the place. And in, in some scriptures, it even talks about trees that were talking to each other. And I don't know if you all have ever seen that, but I was curious. I'm a curious kind of person, so when I study, I look at everything. And in Judges, the trees were talking to each other. They were asking each other to reign. One, the tree said to the, uh, the uh, fig tree, why don't you reign? And the fig tree says, no, because... I'm, I'm busy just being sweet and making sweet fruit for the people. And then they asked the, another tree to reign, and none of the trees wanted to. And I thought, my goodness, I didn't, you know, trees don't really talk. You know, but there's a lot of scriptures. I'm going to go through just a few that, that uh, talks about the tree, different trees. In uh, 1 Chronicles 16 and 33, the tree, it says, Then the trees of the woods shall rejoice. Now trees sound like people again, right? Shall rejoice before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. And in Psalm 92, 12, it says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And in Proverbs 11, it, it says the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. You don't have to uh, write all these. I just want you to see how many times trees are in there and the different personifications of trees in the Bible. Isaiah 52 and 12 says, For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall clap, shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. So there's trees doing things that people ought to be doing. But we're talking about trees being like people. Isaiah 61 and 3 says to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And I know you're thinking now, why are we talking about trees and trees and trees? That's okay. Hold on in a minute. We'll make it really clear. Jeremiah 17 and 8 says, For he shall be like a tree. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Planted by the waters, which spreads out its root by the river, and will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. But in the scripture that I wanted to talk about today, we're talking about the fig tree. Matthew 21 and 18. So we, I started out talking about that Jesus went up to the tree and he cursed the tree and said you would no longer bear fruit. Okay, but the specific scripture, Matthew 21 and 18 says... 18 says, in the morning as he returned to the city, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. 
and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately, the fig tree withered away. And when you look up fig trees, they're, they're grown plentifully in Palestine. Okay, and they're everywhere. And the fig tree, the, if there's leaves on the tree, the fruit, it means there's already fruit. The fruit comes before the leaves. Okay, so if he saw, Jesus saw the tree from afar, and he saw leaves on it, then that follows that when he got to the tree, there should have been fruit, and there was none. And so we want to talk about the disappointment that Jesus felt when the thing that was supposed to do something wasn't doing what it was supposed to, but it was looking like it was doing it. And, and remember, we're talking about that in the Bible, there's a personification. They're make, talking about trees as if they're people. And these trees, if you think about them as if they are people, they were supposed to have fruit on them. And Jesus, and it almost lured Jesus. It makes it feel like the tree was a person that drew Christ to itself so that it can feed him. And when he got there, there was nothing there. I want us to put ourselves in a place of the trees since the Bible personifies the trees, so we're gonna look at ourselves as if we were trees. And so I wondered, I said, okay, so from afar, the trees looked like there was fruit on them. And I said, God, how many people are looking like they're bearing fruit? I believe that's the message that he wanted me to receive that I'm just gonna share with you what I saw from my own self. If you, you're drawing something to you, like people, you're drawing other people to yourself, kind of faking as if you have what you're supposed to, but you really don't. So the tree looking like, you're looking like you're full of faith. You're sounding like you believe God. You, 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 you come to church with this smile, looking like I'm blessed, I'm prosperous, I got it all together, I'm doing well. But when, you, when the person, when you come right up on the person, looking like that, <clears throat> or even if they'd opened the door to their life to you, it's not like that, not so much. When you think about how mad Jesus got to the point that he cursed it and said, you will never. Think about that. I don't want us to be, I don't want us to be uh, passive about the word, this word, because it's so important because there are so many pretenses in the church. There's so much pretending going on, and I think Jesus wants us to come as we are, but you want to come not pretending that you are what you're not. So you, you are looking like you're bearing fruit. The Bible says a man is known by his fruit. And I'm asking you today, what kind of tree are you? What kind of fruit are you bearing? What is your life saying for real? Not what we see on Sunday morning. What are your children saying, seeing in your house? Because you're somebody different when I see you than when you go home, right? We are all guilty. You, you might be at home screaming and hollering, cursing at your kids. What kind of fruit is on your tree? God says when he comes up on you, he doesn't want to just see leaves. The fig tree was supposed to be in season. It was supposed to be bearing some fruit and nothing was on it and he cursed it. Think about that for a moment. He had, uh, Jesus had previously encountered another fig tree that didn't have any, any fruit on it in my study. And, and so this was the second time that he had encountered that. And so what it's saying to us as a church, 
What it's saying to the champion center is, when I come up on you, am I able to see your fruit? Or are you just playing church? Are you just coming? Are you coming to church just because that's what you're supposed to do? Are you coming because you don't want people to ask you the next Sunday, where were you? So you show up. Are you just showing up though? Are you just coming? Or are you doing what he didn't tell you to do? You're in a place where you're not bearing the fruit that your tree's supposed to bear. He said the fig tree not supposed to bear olives, right? The tree's supposed to bear what he called it, what he, he gets to say what fruit you bear. God gets to say, it's not up to you. So are you so busy being professional, busy making money, and he told you, I needed you to go over here. And so when he comes up on you, what is he seeing? Is he seeing the kind of fruit that's supposed to come out of your life? When was the last time somebody said, my goodness, you're so-and-so kind of person. What are you doing? When was the last time somebody asked you to tell them what is the reason for the joy that you have? Or what church do you go to? When was the last time your fruit showed up? And you know, I feel, I feel so grieved in my spirit so often that there's so much pretending. And then we, we ask God, why? Why you didn't do this, God? I prayed, why you didn't answer this prayer, Lord? Well, are you in the spot where you could receive the answer? Are you in that spot or are you somewhere doing something else? God said to me this morning, you weren't going to like this message. He did. He told me that. He, you weren't going to like it, but you don't have to like it. He loves you. God loves you and he created you for a purpose. He said we were created to bring him good pleasure. That is your reason for being here, to please him, to please him. So you came on this earth for a purpose. Some of us are just going along. We're just sailing. Every person is important to God. He absolutely loves you and he created you for something. I want you to consider, consider your fruit. Consider what is on your tree. Consider what example are you setting in your sphere of influence. Okay, so just making sure that you are not looking one way and being another. And I pause because I want you to really think about that. And what you're doing, what is it producing? You don't want just leaves, you really do want fruit. And if you falsely represent yourself, when the storm comes, when the storm comes, you're not going to be able to bear it. When, when you're faking and pretending that all is well, and you're not being honest with yourself or anybody else, when the storm comes, it comes to destroy you. That's, it's coming to destroy you if you're not in the place that he called you to. So the, the, the tree, that fig tree withered, it says all the way to the root. Immediately. Because it, guess what? The roots didn't go deep. It, when, when, when you're not in the place that you're supposed to, you might have some root. Your root system doesn't go deep enough to withstand the storm. Think about those little bitty trees, the, the little uh, like weeds, when you, you can just pull them up and they've got this much root, right? 
So they are not made to, to last. So if you're faking, when the storm and the winds come, it'll blow your tree down. That's the fake. But if you're for real and you've been standing and you've been studying, you've been praying, you've been relating more than anything, you've been relating to God. On a daily basis, you relate to him. You might not spend an hour a day. You know, we try to put all these rules on things. that I, You don't have to do all that. But you have to be in relationship to the one that created you so that you can know what you're supposed to be doing. If you're not in relationship to your creator, how, should, how can you know? And how are you in relationship? Let's look at relationships. You have relationships with your husbands, wives, children. How does that go? You talk to them, right? You care about them. You check on them. You find out what they like so you can do things for them. It's the same as God. We, all, all of our patterns come from him. Everything starts up with God and then it became physical. First spiritual, it became physical, right? Relationships, think about the best relationship that you have. The one that you have with God should be better than that. We're resetting our actions. The relationship you have with God should be better than your best relationship. So let's take that best one. How much time are you spending with that person? How much time? How often are you talking to that person? You should be talking to God more. Does that make sense? Right? You, you, you learn all about this person so you can surprise them. And you can do stuff for them. God. Here's God. And when you come to him, God, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do the other? How do those relationships feel? The ones that, that people always asking you to do something. Think about, you, you, you all know somebody like that? Can you do this? Can you run here for me? Can you do this? Do you have any money? Do you like those relationships? Some of us, that is our relationship with God. Can you bless me? My back hurts, my head hurts, can you heal me? I need money, I gotta pay my bills. That's our relationship with God. He wants you to love on him. He wants you to just be with him. He wants you to spend time with him so he can tell you about yourself. That's, that's what it should be like. He said, let's reset our actions. So if you're falsely representing who you are, when the sun and the storm and the bad weather comes, you won't be able to withstand it. So you want to be real first to yourself. Be real. Tell God everything. He can stand it. He can take it. You can tell him anything. Because guess what? He's not criticizing you. He's not putting you down. He wants the best for you. He so loves you. He wants your best for you more than you want it. But you won't know unless you spend time with him. And so we, we go on a little bit more about how does that your relationships look. And Holy Spirit told me to spend just a little bit of time talking about the relationship that you guys have with your, let's go with the spouses first. How does that look and is it in order? Now your tree, your relationship tree, if you're pretending, that's the relationship right there. That one with that husband, wife, and children, that family relationship, that's the one that you need to make sure you're spending time with God to check, to check. God said he created woman for man. Woman, you were created for man. That's what the word says, to help him. 
Uh, Brother Stephen at one time preached about that help is not a, a, it's not a low class. It's real good help. You, are, you come alongside him to help him in a strong way, your partners. But he also said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And wives, honor and respect your husbands. And so when you're faking out here on the relationship part, then it looks like everything is fine. I want you all to go home and look at it. Are you respecting and honoring that man that God gave you? And if you're in a relationship, you're not even married, still, woman, are you respecting and honoring? That means you're not cursing him out. You're not belittling him. You're not pulling him down. You are respecting and honoring him. And that means, man, are you loving this woman as Christ loved the church? Is that the way it's looking? Guess why? Guess why the people outside of the church don't respect us as the church? Because they see us looking just like them. They see us doing just what they do. They see us cursing our kids out, dragging them around, not teaching them, not making sure that they study the word. The Bible says post the word everywhere. Making sure that your children are raised up in the word. The church is a community. And we should look different from the world. Your relationship should be intact. So that men would know that he's God. When they look at you. When I look at you I should know who your God is. I should be curious. Hey what are you doing? It shows up in that relationship first. That's where you see it. Relationship with each other. How are you treating your friends? Are you talking about people behind their backs? Are you, are you, if you're doing that, God is looking, but so is the world. So is the world. God doesn't want us to look like the world people. He wants the world to come to us to ask us, what is, what is it that you do? How come you're like this? That's how the church gets full. That's how come you don't have to go out and bring people to church. Walk the walk and they will come. Be like Jesus and they will come. We're not, we're not. I can feel the resistance in the spirit. I absolutely love it. I feel the resistance in the spirit. But guess what? God did not tell it to you because he didn't think you could receive it. So it doesn't matter what face you got. Those faces. Woo! It doesn't matter because he knows, he knows. And when you leave, you're going to keep hearing it. When I sit down, you're going to still hear it. Look at yourself. Fix your life so that you don't wither when the storm comes. He's trying to cover you. He's trying to protect you from pain. When your children go left, even though you've raised them right, you told, taught them right, you brought them up, you told them what, how they should do it, and then they go left on you, what are you going to do? When you know and you have that confidence that you've been doing what you need to do with this relationship, you can go to God and give it to him and confidently know he's going to take care of it. But see, when you've been doing this, he wants you to come to him really so that you don't have to put on the fake face when you come out. So when he comes up on you, he'll see the figs. It doesn't matter what I see. 
He sees the fix because he saw you this morning. He saw you at noontime. You hollered at him today. You didn't just, when you lay down, oh God, thank you Jesus for the day. How many of us, that's all you do? You're so busy. You're running, ripping and running, doing this and that, making the money, looking, trying to look good before people. And then you give him the end of your day quickly. Then you go to sleep until you need something, until something goes bad, until you're withering. He doesn't want that kind of relationship from us. He wants the real stuff. He wants you to be confident that he is there for you. And he is there for you, but we are the ones that's moving, not him. He's not punishing us. When you don't feel God, he's not pulled away from you. You left. He didn't move. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he didn't move. You went running helter-skelter doing this and that. But he says, come on back. Come on back. So check your relationships. Check to make sure that you got God in the center of your relationship. And you're putting him first. And then you, that, that gives you the strength and the courage and everything to take care of the family. Do what you're supposed to do the right way. Let's talk a little bit about the people that, the way we respond to our leaders, the way we respond to people that God put to leaders. So that's even in the workplace, it's at home, it's, it's in the church. I just want to admonish us, including me, be careful if you are speaking negative words about people that you're supposed to be following. I want to encourage you to pray up. So if, if I'm leading you, then, and, and you find fault with me, you need to pray for me. Pray for me and ask the Holy Spirit if it's something that you should say. But if I'm leading Horace, I don't want Horace to go tell Sonia something that he doesn't like about what I'm doing. That's not the correct order. He said we need to be orderly in the church. Here's the order. If I relate to you a crossways, we can talk. You can say anything. I can say anything. We pray about the thing and then we move on. If I relate to you from this way, I'm going to pray up. I'm going to pray for my pastors, for my leaders. And if God gives me something to say, I will go to them and I ask, may I tell you something? And if they agree, then I can say it. Let's stop doing that. I'm going to tell Horace about Sonia. I'm going to talk about her. And, and we're, we're telling, we're going to pray for her. No, you're not. Because you're doing it wrong. That's the wrong way. God said tell you that this morning. There's supposed to be a level of order in the church. Especially that we pray for unity. And we pray, Lord, unite us. That is the quickest way to disunity. Because I go talk to her about him, and then he comes back and tell me about her, and then everything goes crazy. But nobody knows. See, you told somebody else you didn't think they were going to go tell the other person. That's a whole, that's so much nonsense. Get things in order. If you're displeased, tell the person that you are displeased with if you're relating across ways. Is that clear? He wants that really clear. If it's somebody that's leading you, it's even like on the job, your boss. You don't want to go talking about your boss that way. You don't want to be that person. Pray, ask God, how do I deal with this person that you have put over me? Can we agree to do that? The Christian in, at the workplace don't need to be the biggest gossiper. 
The Christian is the one that's supposed to try to squash the arguments, be the bridge, encourage people to do the right thing. Well, maybe if you do this, somebody comes to you with a complaint, then you say, oh yeah, that's the same thing she did to me. Yeah, he did that. No. If you talk about something, then you don't, you, you don't want it to change if you're just gossiping about it. If you want a solution, what do you do? Go to the source. Do we all know that? Or why is there so much gossiping going on? I hear it. I'm not a talker, so people tell me I'm a wall. I'm not going to go back and forth with you about somebody else. That's not appropriate, especially in church. So could you all keep your pastors and your leaders out of your mouth? Can we all agree? We all do it. I'm saying we. I'm not saying y'all. I said we, you can slip. We can all slip. Pray for your leaders. And if you have a trouble with each other, tell, tell me. You got something you don't like, you can tell me. Ask me first. Can I tell you something? If I am your leader, ask me. I'm always going to say yes. Because God is about reconciliation, right? So should we all be. We want to reconcile our differences so that we can move on because we are a strong and mighty army, right? I'm almost there. I want us to go back to the, the, the scripture where he tells the disciples. So I was on um, Matthew 21, 20. It talks about when after he, they asked Jesus, why did, how come that tree withered like that? How come it withered so quickly? And Jesus said, he went away from talking about the tree, it seemed to me, and he was telling them that if you would believe when you speak to something, it would wither the same way. The scripture pretty much says that. The verse 20 said, he told them the reason it withered, if you would believe. Is that, up? Is that it? Okay, yeah. Okay, so assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And I thought about this. And this was, this was the solution to things withering to me. If you would believe and not doubt. So you don't have to fake. You don't have to pretend if you would believe and not doubt. When you see something in your life that is, it's false. It's contrary to the word. You can speak to that thing and it will move. You don't have to toy and play with it. You have things in your life that are not producing anything. You know, there's stuff, there's people, or you have relationships that are not going anywhere. He says, you can speak to that thing, and just like the fig tree withered at the root, so would that thing. That's shouting, that's a shouting word. Think about the things that you might be dealing with that are not producing anything. See, as Christians, we do, we try to make excuses for God. So something's not happening, we'll say, well, we're going to keep praying. Five years later, it's the same thing. We're going to keep praying. We believe God if it's his will. All of that is nonsense because guess what? What if that thing is not supposed to be there? I don't see too many examples in the Bible of people praying for 20 years for the same thing. We are in the word long enough and God doesn't need us to make excuses for him. So if it's something that is according to his will, it will happen. If he wills it, it will happen. 
Is he going to, I mean, even Job, nobody really clearly says how long, you know, the patience of Job. It wasn't 20 years. It was a short season compared to some of the things we let drag on forever. You're praying for something. And you're praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And, praying and nothing has happened. Wisdom says, consider. Look closer and see, is that thing supposed to happen? Is that what God wants? Or are you wanting that so much? But you keep, the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So you're praying and praying and praying. And nothing, I mean nothing is happening. And then you make an excuse. God doesn't need that. We say, God, if it is your will, his will is his word. When we pray for the sick, we want them to be healed. If we don't see the healing, that healing on the end of that is not our concern. You pray and believe God, right? But that's not something you can control. Let's say you're on a job and you hate your job. God, please, let make my boss die. Or whatever crazy things we... People do that. Lord, make him get fired so I could get that job. And you're there 20 years later. Make him fire him or move him or whatever. And you keep going, go look for another job. Look for another job. It's wisdom. Or you're single and you keep chasing the same person and they don't want you. Turn around, go the other way. Look for somebody else. You're like, Lord, I want to be married. Lord, please let him ask me. Please let him ask me. Please let him ask me. Five years later, oh, he's going to ask me. No, he's not. God says, be busy. Be busy. Turn around. Leave that person alone. Go this way and get busy doing God's work. Get busy talking to God. He'll send that person. Amen. 